0: The judge overseeing the case against General Michael Flynn won't accept the decision of the appellate court telling him to dismiss the abusive case against General Flynn. He's like an umpire trying to force the teams to play extra innings after the game is over. As General Flynn's lawyer Sidney Powell wrote in her recent brief to the appellate court, he, the players, and the spectators need to go home and turn off the floodlights. Can you believe General Flynn still does not not have this re- resolved and his personal freedom back, he cannot travel freely, he cannot get a job, he cannot enjoy a normal life until this case is dismissed. He lives under the shadow of a politically motivated investigation, a politically motivated prosecution, and an outrageous elongation of his suffering by the district judge. It is time for the appellate court to give back to General Flynn his liberty. I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. I'm a liberty-loving, tyranny-hating lawyer based in your nation's capital. My goal is to keep you informed and to be your spokesman in Washington, D.C. Thank you for joining me today. Please subscribe below so you don't miss a daily episode, hit the bell, and comment on what topics you would like me to cover next. I have three reflections that I want to share with you today about the case against General Michael Flynn. First, the case against General Flynn continues to show the abuses of a powerful federal government. I'm going to link down below to the two recent motions and briefs in this case for General Flynn. The first link is to Michael Flynn's opposition to the rehearing on Bonk by Sidney Powell and General Flynn's other attorney. I'm also gonna link down below to this brief by the government entitled United States Response to the Petition for Rehearing. Now let's just recount the facts of this case quickly. General Flynn was the subject of a politically motivated investigation in the months leading up to the 2016 presidential campaign. It continued once President Trump President-elect Trump identified General Flynn as his incoming national security advisor, and it continued once President Trump was sworn in and General Flynn became the national security advisor. So you had a politically motivated investigation, then you had a politically motivated prosecution by the special counsel of General Flynn, And then once more information came to light and it was understood what a railroad setup job this was, General Flynn hired new counsel and he moved to withdraw his plea, his guilty plea, before the district court. Ultimately, the government agreed and filed a motion to dismiss the case. And this wasn't just a perfunctory motion by the government. It was 20 pages written of legal and factual arguments against the prosecution of General Flynn, and it was 80 pages worth of new exculpatory evidence that was not handed over to to General Flynn or to the district court. However, even though there was no longer a case or controversy and the two parties to the case were agreed that the case should be dismissed, the judge in the district court refused to grant the motion, refused to to dismiss the case. At this point, a group of former Watergate prosecutors filed a friend of the court brief with the district court to try and argue for General Flynn to be continued to be prosecuted. And at that point, the judge in the case opened up the case for other friends of the court briefs and outrageously, he appointed a partisan who had just written an op-ed in the Washington Post uh, laying out clearly why he thought it was improper of the government to dismiss the case against General Flynn. And the judge in the district court overseeing General Flynn's case appointed this guy to file a friend of the court brief and to do essentially investigation and fact finding that wasn't already in the record. At this point, General Flynn moved for a writ of mandamus, which is essentially an emergency uh, request by the upper court to intervene and shut down the case to dismiss the charges as both parties wanted to be done and uh, he also asked for the higher court to reassign the case from the judge, the district court judge who was hearing General Flynn's case and assign it to a different judge General Flynn made the argument to the appellate court in this motion for writ of mandamus that the judge in his case had shown that he was biased against General Flynn and that General Flynn was not going to be able to get the relief he wanted if the judge was allowed to continue to oversee his case. And we have seen that General Flynn was correct because after the appellate court granted General Flynn's motion and told the lower court judge to dismiss the case, That same district court judge filed a petition for rehearing. He wanted the appellate court, the higher court, to reconsider the mandamus with all of the judges on the uh, appellate bench of that court to hear the case and to take it up. And so that further prolongs the misery that General Flynn is unjustly suffering in this case. The second point that I wanna share with you is that the judge, the district court judge who's asking for this rehearing by the appellate court has no standing to litigate and there is no case or controversy. The case should be dismissed. So going into Sydney Powell's brief, which I recommend that you read, but I'm gonna go through the, the highlights of it with you in this episode. Quoting from her brief, no federal circuit has countenanced the rehearing of a mandamus on petition by a district court judge. So the judge in this case, like all these irregularities about the investigation of General Flynn, the prosecution of General Flynn, the evidence that's been withheld, the practices and procedures that were not followed during the investigation, and all of the unusual and strange things that happened in this case, here's yet another example of it. Sydney Powell points out no federal circuit has allowed this to be reheard on a petition by a district court judge. So, this judge is asking for yet another exception be made to harm General Flynn. So, Sidney Powell goes on to write The judge in this case has exceeded his constitutional authority by appointing Amicus to work against General Flynn after the parties agreed to the dismissal. So the judge is supposed to be an umpire. He's not supposed to be one of the parties to the case. He's supposed to be the neutral objective umpire, arbiter. And yet he, in appointing John Gleason, the gentleman that I told you had written this partisan op-ed in the Washington Post, he is essentially setting someone else up to work against General Flynn's constitutional rights. And this is absurd in this case when there is no case or controversy left, and this should not be continuing to uh, go on at great length to General Flynn's great disadvantage. And Sidney Powell writes further, quote, there is place There is no place for third parties to meddle in the dispute and certainly not to usurp the role of government's counsel. For the court to allow another to stand in the place of the government would be a violation of the separation of powers. So you might be familiar with that phrase, bad facts make bad laws. So I think we're seeing in this case where the hatred of President Trump is distorting all sorts of practices and procedures. We saw it at the FBI, We saw it in the prosecution when it was under Robert Mueller's uh, prosecution, his special counsel office. We're seeing it now with this judge. So it doesn't only implicate General Flynn, it implicates all of our constitutional rights because when separation of powers is challenged, we lose some of our constitutionally protected rights. So uh, Sidney Powell goes into this further. The judge appointed an adversarial amicus, that's a friend of the court, to usurp the core role of the executive and increase Flynn's exposure. So when she says increase Flynn's exposure, she's talking about how in one of these Orders, the judge said the amicus should look at whether or not General Flynn should be charged with perjury, which isn't even one of the things that he was charged with in the first place. So it's like taking the rights of the accused and saying, not only are we not going to be fair to you about the issues on the table, we're going to add other irrelevant things and make you have to defend yourself against those false charges. So then Sidney Powell writes further, this district court's delay here has extended this litigation and impaired General Flynn's freedom for an additional 10 weeks so far. So think about that, that's almost three months time of General Flynn being subject to further harassment, legal costs, can't do things that he, any citizen has the right to do. This is a serious impairment on his liberty, his ability to function as a citizen in our society. So uh, Sydney Powell goes on further and makes this point, drives this point home. Judge Sullivan has no standing. As she wrote, Judge Sullivan, the supposed umpire, does not make it to first base. He has no injury. So it's like, think of that picture of the umpire throwing off his protective face mask and trying to run to first base. That's what the judge is doing in this case. And it's astonishing and outrageous. Sidney Powell writes further, she's quoting another case, a district judge has no legal interest in a case or its outcome and consequently suffers no legal injury by reassignment. So if the appellate court had reassigned Judge Sullivan, he couldn't have had an injury from that because the case itself shouldn't matter to him. So Sidney Powell writes further, or in lay terms, umpires don't get to swing bats or run bases they suffer no harm when one team wins and the other loses. So think about that. General Flynn in this analogy is one team. He's fighting for his liberty. The government is another team and they were in the process of prosecuting him, but all this information came out and they realized that it was that they wouldn't be able to prove a crime that General Flynn had committed a crime and there were also many many prosecutorial inv- and investigatory abuses that were discovered that previously had been concealed and so you see that the judge in this case if he's acting as an umpire and both teams have said they don't want to play anymore then he can't continue to rule on the game there is no game the game is over and he shouldn't be he shouldn't care if one side won or the other side won His job is to make sure that everything is fair, that the rules are abided by, and it's not about which team wins. So she also, Sidney Powell, General Flynn's lawyer, makes a point that if the judge did have a personal stake in this litigation, meaning he would suffer some harm if some uh, action was taken by the higher court, he would be disqualified. He'd have to remove himself. So if he has a personal stake in the litigation, he can't be the umpire. It just is the most basic logic. Uh, Sidney Powell writes, the umpire is not an active litigant. And she rightly says, it is Judge Sullivan who is disrupting the orderly administration of justice. And then she really goes for the kapow punch here when she writes... Judge Sullivan's stubborn disagreement with the government's motion to dismiss the case does not confer the right to contest it himself or through his amicus, his actions smack of vindictive animus against General Flynn and judicial overreach that have no place in America's justice system. She makes the point that courts generally lack the authority to second-guess the prosecution's constitutionally rooted exercise of charging discretion. So the prosecutorial power is vested in the executive. That's in part of the Department of Justice. The prosecutors in this case have decided and given voluminous information on why they have decided this. To not go forward with his prosecution, to drop the charges with prejudice, so it's not prosecutorial harassment. And the judge is saying, hold on, hold on. So Sidney Powell goes on to say, and I think this is something that applies not only to General Flynn, but to any American who would find themselves in this situation. General Flynn has a constitutional right not to hemorrhage time and money in a proceeding that is moot because the previously adverse parties are no, no longer aligned or receive orders from a judge no longer presiding over a live controversy. And ultimately, what this comes down to is what Sidney Powell writes next. General Flynn's personal freedom is at stake. His very liberty is wrongly impaired until the dismissal is granted, end quote. So she's talking about the irreparable harm that General Flynn is undergoing during these months of prolonged activity against him. And <clears throat> Sidney Powell makes the assumption that, quote, The judge's extraordinary actions arise solely from his disagreement with the government's decision to dismiss the case against General Flynn. Not only did he wrongfully tar General Flynn with a baseless assertion of treason, but he has been vocal that General Flynn should be punished severely. Now, this is an assumption by Sidney Powell of what is motivating Judge Sullivan, but I would say based on the facts that we know about, it is a very reasonable assumption and assertion by Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell also quotes another court decision that so rightly said Courts do not or should not sally forth each day looking for wrongs to right. They wait for cases to come to them, and when cases arise, normally decide only the questions presented by the parties. So in contrast to the way courts should operate, that they don't sally forth and look for wrongs to right, this court, she says, has hijacked and extended a criminal prosecution for almost three months for its own purposes, then I'd like to share a, share a third thought with you about this uh, new filing in the General Flynn case. <clears throat> Beyond the harms to General Flynn that this case represents, the case harms the separation of powers that also protect individual citizens' rights generally. So, diving into the government's brief, I'm going to quote from it. Once the prosecution and the defense agree that a case should come to an end, there no longer remains a case or controversy over which a court may exert judicial power. So there's no allegation of a bribe in this case, which is one example where uh, a higher court might intervene. There's also no evidence that the prosecutor is acting without the approval of the Justice Department. That is clearly not the case here. And the government's brief goes on to say, quote, Trial judges are not free to withhold approval merely because of their conception of the public interest differs from that of the prosecuting attorney. Think about this. What a mess our justice system would be is if each judge appointed himself prosecutor. So it completely takes away the rights of the accused and it makes a mess, a royal mess of our justice system. So the government continues to write, at stake is not mere consideration of a pending motion, But a full-scale adversarial procedure spearheaded by a court-appointed amicus hostile to the government's position, raising factual questions, relying on extra record materials, probing the government's internal deliberations, and second-guessing core prosecutorial judgments. So think about that. The judge doesn't want to be umpire and not only that he's appointed someone who has already publicly said that he's against the government's position and thinks that people should continue the government should continue to go after General Flynn but he's opening up this Pandora's box to uh, you know this person who is not elected who is not charged with you uh, a responsibility under our constitution. It's a person who's already displayed his colors about what he thinks about this case and essentially giving him free reign to go dig into a, a core function of the executive when he has no authority to do that. So the government brief says that this is going to threaten to chill law enforcement. Of course it is. And there's not only irreparable harm on General Flynn, there's irreparable harm on the government. So uh, the government brief continues and says, it would not matter that the court might eventually accept the agreement, meaning if judge if the judge would uh, essentially uh, dismiss the case, it doesn't matter if that would eventually happen, nor that it might want the hearing only to expose to public scrutiny its concerns over the executive's charging decisions. Foker leaves that oversight to the political branches and the public, not to the courts under Rule 48A. So think about it. The judge in this case is trying to be the prosecutor and trying to be the legislature, completely overstepping the bounds of the constitutional structure that we have set up that has served us very well all these hundreds of years. So in conclusion... General Flynn has been prosecuted and persecuted enough. It is time for this outrageous case against him to end. Let us hope that the appellate court denies the judge's petition for a rehearing and we can all celebrate justice for General Flynn. I'm gonna ask you to do two things today. Please praise the Department of Justice on social media and via their contact form for working to vindicate the rights of General Flynn and all Americans. Secondly, I'm going to ask you to praise General Flynn's lawyer, Sidney Powell, on social media and via her contact form for her vigorous defense of General Flynn and by extension for all Americans. Thank you so much for joining me today. Subscribe below so you don't miss a daily episode. Hit the bell and comment down below on what you think the appellate court is going to do with Judge Sullivan's petition for a rehearing of the decision dismissing the charges against General Flynn. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com, and also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.